You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 106. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. How's everybody doing out there? We are in the dog days of summer or winter for all of my Southern Hemisphere listeners out there. It is about 100 degrees on average where I live, and I still am getting my 10,000 steps every single day, which is uh, sometimes feels like a chore because walking in 100-degree heat is slightly exhausting. And while I've had many people reach out and say, why aren't you walking more in the morning or in the evening? Sometimes the schedule just doesn't permit that. And so I find myself walking outside doing my steps at three o'clock noon, whenever the heat is at its highest. And so yesterday I'm sitting there and I'm shooting some Instagrams, uh, stories about walking in the heat. And I realized that I don't really talk too much about physical fitness and my nutrition strategy, my nutrition plan here on the show, but I talk about it a ton in my normal life, you know, with a few of my friends who are super into being healthy and uh, coach people on uh, maintaining a healthy weight and being able to healthily release weight. And I talk a lot about the words that we use when we discuss our bodies and, and how those become ingrained into our brain. And it really begins to become a part of our identification of ourselves, our identity, and how then we start to build values and beliefs around this identity of whatever it is we perceive to be seeing of ourselves in the mirror. And I'm being very mindful of the words that I use with you all right now because I'm very mindful of the words that I use with myself. And I'm very mindful, very mindful with the words that I teach my clients to use for themselves. And so I think that as we dive deeper into this, if I find myself utilizing words that um, I don't think are the most appropriate, I'm going to correct myself. And then you're going to notice within me what you will then notice within yourself when you start to correct yourself so that we can start to really build up a more healthy vision and imagery of ourselves when we look in the mirror, right? I I'm going to go back to what I remember about my life when I went into middle school and got into high school where we really start to come up with a lot of our body issues. And for those of you that are, you know, the traditional, even non-traditional students, you know, might be finding you in college anywhere from 18 to 50. It could go anywhere. But these body issues that we started to form at a young age, they, they really begin to implant our own belief system around what we think healthy and beautiful and attractive is. And this is where bulimia and anorexia and these food and nutrition-related stressors and anxiety and mental health disorders, this is where they start to come from at a very, very young age. I mean, middle school is just when we really first start to notice it because puberty's hitting, all of a sudden, you know, there's an attraction 
to another person, whereas before it was just, you know, sort of chasing around on the playground. Well, that was an 80s thing. I don't think they let people chase each other around on the playground and tease each other like they did in the 80s, but it certainly was a thing back then. And so, back in my day, we used to be able to just chase people around and pull their pigtails, and people thought it was funny. <laughs> and in a way, it was bullying is what it was, but we've, we're, we're an advanced society now, and, we, and you're 106 episodes into this show. You know that I'm moving along with society, and I'm not locked into the past, but there's some things that we did back in the day that we thought were acceptable, and clearly they were not so much. So... When I start to look back at what it was like for me in middle school and then going into high school, there was very much a this sense that I didn't I didn't feel good in my body. And it was often like I would watch other people they would develop and they would grow and I was still short and I still didn't uh, have facial hair and I definitely didn't have muscles and I just didn't feel as strong or as big or as powerful as those other middle school kids who all of a sudden already had facial hair. For a lot of y'all out there, it was there, there, there's a whole different way that everybody's body develops. And so you would see somebody in the locker room and all of a sudden they have muscles and, and, and they're, they're growing in ways you're not. And I know for, for women, there's, you know, the impact of the, of the breast growing and, and the whole puberty cycle kicking in. And you start to judge yourself based on what you see other people. And certainly, you know, the way that you were eating throughout your childhood is going to have a massive effect in how you start to really develop into your middle and high school years. If you came from a family that, that whose parents were very mindful of sugary snacks and sugary beverages and, and they were active, you saw activity as a part of normal day-to-day life. When you see a child that is already overweight and then you see the parents who are also overweight and you realize that there's probably a lot of sugary snacks, not a lot of monitoring of the food, these less than healthy be, uh, behaviors around food are beginning to get implanted and imprinted at a very young age. And it's not that you can't break out of that. It's just that you're now, you're you're sort of being saddled with another anchor around your neck, around the food that you eat and the behaviors that you've established established around this food. So it would be great if we could all just be in households that could eat healthy and, and have the finances to eat healthy. And there certainly are ways that you can do that even on a limited budget. Um, there's a man in my one of my business professional groups who uh, was not well off uh, in his adulthood and actually just started eating the vegetables he could buy at like the Family Dollar or one of those dollar stores, Dollar General or 99 cent store. That's what it was. It was a 99 cent store. And they had a ton of vegetables. Now, can I imagine that those are probably being sprayed with pesticides and the whatnots? Of course, I'm pretty sure that most vegetables are being sprayed with pesticides nowadays moving away from what science may have been doing to those vegetables, he 
ate all of the vegetables that were at this 99 cent store and was able to to take himself and, and release 150 pounds from his body. He's able to shed this weight. So there are ways that it can be done with healthy food. And then, if, you know, I'm trying to cover a lot of things not to offend anyone here. And I, obviously, I, I'm talking to people in over 150 countries. So I have no idea what you guys have available to yourselves. So let's just expand our minds for a moment and start to not see impossibility of eating healthy. But let's step into a space where there is possibility for eating healthy. We just have to, have to locate it. We have to discover it. I have to be mindful of the areas in our lives where we could be eating at a more healthy rate versus eating just sugary snacks or whatever might be at the convenience store. And, you know, for people in the Ukraine or Estonia, I don't even know if you guys have convenience stores like we do in the United States and certainly have no idea what's going on in Kenya or Uganda when it comes to that stuff. But yet I have listeners there. So clearly this has gone international. So let's just reel it in for a moment and and just say, I understand there's food deserts. I understand that some cities just do not have grocery stores that are easy to get to. So as we begin to expand our minds into the, to the idea of eating healthy, it's just where there's a will, there's a way, you know, with the internet being what it is in, in most countries. And I get again, that some countries are more developed than others. There are ways. So let me just, go through this and let's just see where you can start to expand your mind into possibility where I'm just blind. I've got blind spots, right? Look, I have traveled to, I think it's 19, 20 different international countries, a lot of Western European, Singapore, Indonesia, uh, Malaysia, uh, the Bahamas. I've been to a couple countries. Hell, I've even been to Cuba. I'm not sure if the U.S. government wants to hear that or not. We'll see if the we'll see if the CIA shows up at my front door later. So I've I've been around. I've been to over 30 um, some odd states in, in here in here in America. I get that there's a whole different world that a ton of people are living in, and that's what I want to be really mindful of. I want to respect your model of the world, but I also want to get this information out there so we can start to expand our minds. Right, because where you're at in your college journey is important to me. How you see your body in the mirror is important to me, because and I'm t- and this is serious now. When people start to misidentify themselves in the mirror, it causes a lot of mental health issues within themselves, and then they will turn those internal issues within themselves externally. Right, And they'll start being abusive to the ones that they love because they won't feel great in the mirror. They'll start to bully other people. They won't feel great in the mirror. They'll get so down on themselves that they'll start to starve themselves. They'll beat themselves up. They might even really get past a point where they where they just don't feel like life is worth living anymore. And when this happens, it affects our society. The butterfly effect and the energy effect that I truly believe in, it, it comes back to all of us at some point. So getting everybody on board with the idea that your body is a vessel that you absolutely can begin to figure out and start to see a different way and feel a different way is absolutely important to me. People think that children are resilient. They're not. Children are not resilient. They just shut down. They get quiet. Or worse, they act out and they get angry. And that turns into adults who shut down and get quiet or act out and get angry. And then we have a prison system full of people who just never learned how to handle their emotions at a healthy level. 
or we, or we have a whole society of people who shut down whenever someone disagrees with them or brings a different point of view to them or challenges a belief they have. And then we just have a bunch of people who are silently sitting on the internet arguing with people and trolling people who think and feel differently than them around ideas. And this is something that, I mean, look at what people will say about other people on social media when it comes to their bodies, right? When somebody when somebody externalizes and says mean, hateful things to somebody else about their body, they, they really have issues within themselves and the way that they can, they can sort of placate their inner mind, their unconscious child is to then tease and pick on someone else so they can feel better about themselves, even if it's just for a second, but they don't realize how harsh and hurtful those words can be for someone else. When somebody posts a picture of themselves having a good time on the beach on a vacation and they use a particular hashtag and all of a sudden thousands of people who do not know that person see that photo and then call them a fat cow or a sow or, or you know, a whale or whatever it might be. I mean, that's just dickish and it's hurtful. And why? Just scroll past it. Let that person have their moment. Have their, let that person have their life. It's, it's not affecting yours. You don't have to be a part of the problem. And because you listen to this show, I'm going to assume that you don't do that stuff because you're, 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 you're enlightened. You're, you're part of the woke side, I suppose. I'm not even sure if I, if I agree with the way that term is being used. Because even when, when I hear people say, well, I'm woke, and then they're out there yelling in somebody else's face about their belief system because it doesn't go along with theirs, I'm like, that's not woke. Woke means that you respect another person's model of the world. Woke means that you understand that everybody has a, has a different path that led them here. And you may not understand why some people have racism in their heart, but something happened in their life that made that seem conscionable to them. You may not understand why someone loves and respects everybody's opinion and wants to have everybody be heard, but something's happened in that person's life that has created that belief system within them. This is why people argue. People argue because they don't realize that there's there's seven billion different personalities, seven different seven billion different ways everyone has been raised and brought up to believe what they believe in. And so now let's bring this back to our nutrition and food. The way we treat ourselves and one another when it comes to our bodies is is just it's distasteful. And I'm using that word on purpose because we eat and we taste, and then we go off and we treat each other harshly. And in my show notes, none of this stuff is in there because I just feel like it's there's. there's I'm going to get into some numbers that, and I'm going to get into some ideas for how you can be more mindful. But this is a lot of this stuff that I went off in my research and Googled. It, you can find this on tons of sites. This, what I'm going to discuss with you a little bit later. But for now, I really want to get ourselves into this mindset that we all are living our own unique life. And perhaps our family kept tons of sugar in the kitchen and we didn't know any better and they didn't know any better. So they didn't teach us any better. And now all of a sudden you're a 250 pound 21 year old who drinks too much and eats fast food all the time. And it's, it's not bad or good. It's just the way that your life played out. Now you're listening to this and you're realizing there are other ways, there are other opportunities, right? You don't have to feed your face tons of sugar and you also do not need to be starving yourself. 
this idea that the co- that people on the cover of magazines starve themselves to get that look, it got out there. That information got out back whenever marketing really took off after World War II. And all of a sudden, models became a thing. Cindy Crawford was the first quote-unquote supermodel. You know, you'd hear about what they were eating, celery and carrots and cigarettes and vodka every day. And then that just sort of became like, I guess we're just going to do the supermodel diet now. We're just going to eat celery and carrots and drink a lot of vodka and smoke a lot of marbles. Right? And we know better now. There's infinite information out there for us. And so as you start to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, am I happy with what I see? I, I get that one podcast isn't going to get you to go from, I hate my body, I can barely look at myself in the mirror, to I love my body, I'm in a beautiful person, and I'm unique in my own way. I get that that, that, that gap from I hate my body to I love my body, for some of you it might be so vast and so huge, it's like the Grand Canyon times infinity. Infinity? It's like the Grand Canyon times infinite. right? I get that it takes small, simple steps. Just like this act of releasing 35 pounds from February 1st to June 15th was a step-by-step process for me. It took 135 days. And I had done this before, and I had studied it before, and I had experimented with my body before, so I knew what to expect. For the most part, I could plan for any uh, barriers and any hurdles that were going to come their way. For those of you out there who weren't ever really mindful of your physical fitness and nutrition, right? In high school, our bodies, are the, the engine is running so high, we can pretty much eat whatever we want for some of us and not gain any weight. Other people, it feels like you just looked at food and you gained weight. <laughs> but again, that's not true either. You don't look at food and gain weight. But if you tell yourself that, you can absolutely feel like no matter what you do, you're still holding on. And the transition from not being very mindful about your body to being extremely mindful about your body, it takes time. The the media, the, the advertising, I get that they push this instant gratification on us all the time. Lose 30 pounds in 30 days, just send me $300. I've seen those ads, right? I've seen those ad, late night ads for the workout workout stuff that has these people with perfectly sculpted bodies working out on this apparatus. And you're like, well, hell, if they can get that body using the apparatus, I'm totally going to buy that thing. They did not get that body on that apparatus, no one used the thigh master and got those legs. No one used the bow flex and got those muscles. Those are people that were hired to come in and be a part of that ad. That is not how they got those bodies, right? We'll never know because it's not like those people are out there telling us that they've been working out for 15 years and they keep themselves in perfect shape to get hired for stuff like that. Photoshop is real. We've seen what it can do with the Kardashians. We've I've, most of us have seen that YouTube video where they, you know, Justin Bieber in the way that that uh, some magazine completely completely manipulated his body for the cover of that magazine. It was a handful of years ago, but it was it it, it, it the whole thing went viral. What you see on the cover of magazines is not real. Even whenever the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue was being more body conscious and um, p- put the plus size model on the cover, they went and they um, they photoshopped out stretch marks and, and, and discolorations of the skin. Even on that, it wasn't even legit, 
right? So it, just be mindful what you see on those magazine covers is idealized, and, it, and it's been created via computer. It's not actually being created by that human. And I mean, and again, it's extremely important because this body issue that we that society has propagated isn't just women. I've had it for years, had it for years where I didn't have enough muscles. I wasn't strong enough. I didn't look like the the, the Ryan Reynolds of the world. You know, I didn't look like the guys at the gym who were jacked up and had awesome muscles. Right. So I would I would do everything. I mean, I'd be in the gym for two hours a day and I'd be eating tons of I'd be drinking, you know, 300 grams of protein a day and protein shakes. Or I'd drink weight gainer and and 5000 pound 5000 calories a day. And I'd be overlifting and using bad form and hurting my hurting my body, but pushing through because I was told, you know, no pain, no gain. Right. This is all just programming that's coming in that's not helpful. And again, I don't think I'm going to be able to solve this entire problem in one episode. And certainly now that we're already at 20 minutes, I do believe it can go. But what I've, I, I've really am feeling the energy to get to, to discuss more about the mindset of our body than more of the science of our body right now. Because it, just, it breaks my heart when I hear people talk about themselves the way that they do. It, it doesn't mean that you, you don't strive to get yourself in a better place, but, you, but, the, but the energy you're using to get yourself in that better place, what is that energy? Do you look in the mirror and say, I don't want to be fat, I don't want to be ugly, I don't want to be alone, so therefore I have to go to the gym and I have to starve myself? That's an away from energy. You are doing those things because you don't want to be fat or ugly or, or alone. Right? Those are the things you think, and that's the energy you take into it. If you shift that energy and, and you start using toward, you're pulling yourself toward something rather than pushing yourself away from something, then the energy becomes, I want to eat healthy and I want to work out so that I can be strong, I can be fit, I can be active. I can go out and, and run around in the park with my friends and throw a frisbee and not get winded. I can go chase the ball with my dog and laugh and play with and not feel like my heart's going to explode. You know, I want to be able to, you know, walk around and just have the energy I feel about my body be positive. Those are toward energies. And it's really, really important that you strive to use toward energy rather than away energy in your life. And in, in both, and when I talk about toward in a way, those are, in NLP, we call them metaprograms. And, and meta programs are these personality um, traits that are that operate underneath the surface that we're not even aware of. And this meta program of toward in a way is absolutely one that you'll see throughout society. Right now, I, I task your unconscious mind to start noticing when people say why they want something. I want a better body because I don't want I don't want it to be picked on. That's an away from energy. I want a better body because I want to be able to run around and play with my friends. That's a toward energy. So be looking. Does it, are they trying to move away from something? Or are they trying to move toward something? You'll notice this now that I've tasked your unconscious mind to notice it in a ton of different people. So because I've spent so much of this on mindset and uh so little. So I guess we could, we'll jump into the how. Again, I'm going to talk more about this because I really do believe that a lot of our emotional and mental health issues that we have in our society come from the way that we perceive ourselves. And then we take that internalization and we externalize it towards other people. 
We, we pick on other people. We get mad at other people. We decide to stop being friends with certain people because they have more money or they look better, they have a better body, whatever that might be. The world is infinitely possible. I honestly do believe that everyone is born with the same potential. It's the opportunities that we're not born with has the same. Someone born in the inner city in a poverty-stricken neighborhood does not offer the same opportunities as somebody born with a silver spoon with them in their mouth in the Hamptons or Beverly Hills. It's, it's, just, it's just a fact. It's just the way that it is. Right, The schools won't be the same. The neighborhoods won't be the same. The people in those neighborhoods won't be the same. The belief systems in those neighborhoods won't be the same. Right, Inner-city, poverty-stricken neighborhood versus Beverly Hills, there's a vast, huge chasm of difference. But you have the same potential inside of you, and it's up to yourself to unlock it. And first and foremost, you have to get your mind around the idea that everything is possible to you. If you just begin to seek ways to create it in your life, will you ever own a house in Bel Air or Beverly Hills? I don't know. That's one of those unquantifiable questions that you don't even get the answer to until you're either literally not living in a Beverly Hills home or you are. But is that even really what you want? Do you even really want to look like the cover of that magazine? Or do you just want to be able to go around and play with your friends, get on a bicycle, go for walks, and not feel like it's a struggle? As you get older, you're going to care about being able to run around with your kids and grandkids one day. So understanding your body and getting in a healthy space in it now is of the utmost importance. So some ways that you can begin to shift your nutrition habits now, and I call it a nutrition strategy, I call it a nutrition habit, I call it a nutrition plan, I do not call it a diet. I don't want to. I don't like the using a word with the that has the first three letters spell the word die. So diet is something I would highly recommend that you release now. Let shed that word from your vocabulary, and begin to use words like nutrition plan, nutrition strategy, nutrition habits. Right, it matters to your unconscious mind. Diets seem like a scarcity mindset. You take things away. Whereas I want you to step into an abundance mindset where you've put thought and planning and strategization into it. You're building healthy habits. That's why we're calling this college success habits. When you're looking for successful habits to create around your nutrition, the words you use to yourself matter. Also, we don't lose weight. We release or shed weight. Because when you when a cat sheds its fur, you, it, don't, it doesn't put the fur back on itself. Once it's shed, it's gone. When you release something, you let it go. It's gone. It's, it's out into the universe. When you lose something, your unconscious mind wants to find it. When you lose your keys, you want to find them. You'll tear your house apart looking for those keys. Never mind that I've already mentioned that you should have a place that your keys go all the time because that's just a good habit to have. But you lose your keys, you want to find them. You lose your mind, quote unquote, you want to calm yourself down and get more emotionally grounded. Right? When you lose something, the unconscious mind believes that you, it's time to find it. It's the, it's the it's the word you you use. I threw out those old clothes. I didn't want them anymore. Versus, I lost my favorite shirt. Right? It's like I threw out my favorite shirt. Or I lost my favorite shirt. One says I willingly gave it up. 
The other word says, I did not mean to not have it any longer. But you mean to release this weight. So begin to use that word as well. So, right, so we're, so in, in, in review, nutrition plan, strategy, and habits, and release and shed weight. I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference. It usually takes my clients about 30 to 45 days to be mindful of that. And look, and I even still say lose, and I still say diet, right? I just correct myself because I, I'm, I'm training myself. It, it once took me six months to, to stop saying especially and start saying especially, it can take some time to change words you have been using for decades, but it's worth it. Best time to plant a seed is either today or 20 years ago. So when we start to talk about our body weight, when we start to th- start to think about our, our, and again, you can Google so much about this, right? You're going to be told eat more protein because it makes you feel fuller. You're going to be told that vegetables are low in calories and high in fiber, and those will help you feel fuller. And I do even have a meme on my desktop that says you want to, if you want to, and it says lose weight, but right, we're saying release, shed. If you want to shed weight, protein and vegetables are the way to do it. And because they're, they're very low in calories. Be mindful and sort of burying the lead on this as far as the numbers go, is that you don't want to be cutting more than 500 calories per day without without starting to trigger ideas from your body that you're in starvation mode. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they get themselves into a starvation mode. And so we're going to close this up talking about some numbers real fast. Um, Let's talk about carbs. Carbs are high in sugar. Carbs are what generally sets people back. Um, you know, back in the eighties, the sugar industry really got on board with this whole, uh, this, this whole, uh, no fat thing. Cause they wanted to jack all the products up full of sugar. So everything had to go no fat. Well, when it did that, it just went high in carbs, right? Well, f- fats can actually be good for you, right? There's a difference between poly and mono and unsaturated fat. And you can Google those if you want to know more about them. This isn't a, we're not going to dive into that, but what we are going to say is that just because something has fat in it doesn't make it not good for you. In fact, I think it's added sugars. When I look on a label, I care about added sugars. That is what matters to me. If I pick up ketchup and it's four grams of sugar, and then it says four grams of added sugar, and then that's all the sugar that's in it, then I don't want that because that means that they added high fructose corn syrup or one of those other generic sugar compounds into it. I don't want the added sugar. But if I look on a ketchup bottle and it says four grams of sugar, zero added sugars, then those four sugars that are in there, that just comes from tomatoes. Tomatoes have sugar in them, right? So at least that's the natural sugar from the vegetable that was incorporated into ketchup, which is a tomato. (laughs) So when you look on the back and something says that it's got 27 grams of sugar and 14 grams of those are added, 13 grams of that product came from the natural process of the ingredients they put in there. And so you just have to then decide, I'm not going to eat that because I don't want all the added sugar. 27 grams of sugar in one product is a lot. Oat milk is very popular right now because it's naturally sweet. The sugars that are in there, like wheat, uh, oats have a natural sugar flavor to them. And so there's a lot of out there that are unsweetened that are actually very tasty, even like almond milk, very tasty, unsweetened. But then you'll notice that they'll throw in seven grams, silk and and some of those other brands will throw in seven grams of sugar on top of it to make it sweeter. 
right? Now you've just taken something that could have been 25 calories for a cup and turned it into 150 calories for a cup. And look, if you guys want to know more about this, you know, hit me up on Jesse, at Jesse Mogul on Instagram. We can set up a phone call. I've got the nutrition knowledge pouring out of my head. And there'll be some people who would like to debate with me. Well, you're not a, you're not a verified nutritionist and you're not this and you don't have a degree in nutrition and all that. Yeah, you're right. I don't. I don't. And I know a lot of people who do, who are not giving out the best information out there. You're going to hear a lot of one size doesn't fit all and do your own research and things like that. When it comes to food, to me, it's pretty simple. Keep the sugar as low as possible unless I'm mindfully choosing to have a dessert type item. Keep the carbs monitored to make sure that they're healthy. Usually I do one gram of carb for every one gram of protein I eat. And then fat, the good fats get to take up the rest and cashews and almonds and avocados and healthy oils. That's where they step in. I eat potato chips. I eat fun dips. I monitor how much I eat of those. I mean, I'm one of those kind of people who weighs all of this food and puts it all into the MyFitnessPal app. But I like that. I like the numbers. I notice how much better my body uh, feels and, and is when I am monitoring my food intake like that. When I Googled for this episode, a lot of sites were like, do this and do that and do this and do that and never have to weigh a food or don't have to keep track of that. I like it. I like being able to keep track. My clients who told me that they were, that they would, they refused to want to get a scale and put all their food into the MyFitnessPal app a month into the process are loving the fact that they do it because now all of a sudden they realize they got their protein that day. They're, they're, they're coming up on their calories and all of a sudden they've got 450 calories to play with. They hit their protein mark, which now means they just need to hit their caloric mark, which means those 400 calories can actually be a tasty treat and they can do it guilt-free. Just like putting everything into a calendar, it doesn't take away spontaneity. It actually frees up clarity of mind about what you're supposed to be doing. So then if all of a sudden you decide you don't want to study from 1 to 3 p.m. and instead you want to go walk in the park or take a nap, it's not like you have to feel guilty for doing that. You realize you should have been studying, so just move study to some other time. And now you can easily take a nap. It's the same thing with food. When you monitor what you eat, then you can release the guilt that you that comes with eating sugary snacks if you're one of those people who looks at themselves in the mirror and desires it to look differently. I'm going to wrap up now because I, I really feel like this turned into more of a mindset and, and, and it's like a whole other episode could just be about the numbers. But I will say this, and this is, then I'll close up on this. If you are 150 pounds and like 2,000 calories is what people say is like what you're supposed to eat every day. That's what the, some guidelines were created around that. That's the amount of calories that somebody would want to eat if they were trying to maintain a 133-pound body. Most people aren't trying to maintain a 133-pound body. So when you want to know what your caloric intake should be every day, you take your current body weight times 15, and that's what you would eat to maintain the current body you have. You would take your current body weight and you would multiply it by 12, and that would be what you would eat to cut down to the current weight that you're at. Right? So when you want to start to release weight, right? when I was 190, 
So right, I would just take the number 180 and multiply it by 15. That was my maintenance weight and maintenance calories. And then 180 times 12, that was my cut calories. And that would just be what I would eat until I got closer to 180. And then I would readjust those numbers to 170. You see why I don't want to talk about this on the podcast because I, I don't think it comes off. Uh, it sounds a little convoluted. But you take your goal body my, multiply it by 12, right? So if you're 150 and you want to be 120, take 120 times 12. That's how many calories you would want to cut to to get down there. 120 times 15 is how many calories you would eat when you got to 120 to maintain that body weight. The key is to not put yourself in more than a 500 calorie deficit per day because then you then the body doesn't feel starved. And 500 calories, ironically enough, is exactly the amount when times by seven, which is the amount of days in a week, equals 3,500. And 3,500 calories burn a pound of fat. So if you're being active and you're being mindful of this stuff, you can actually lose a pound a week. And I'm telling you right now, 52 weeks in a year, if you did this for a year and you thought you were 52 pounds overweight, you could lose a shed. 52 pounds in a year. Tell me your life wouldn't be different if you're looking at yourself currently in the mirror and according to health guidelines, you should be 120 and instead you're 220. Yes, it's going to take time. Yes, it's going to take effort. Yes, it's going to take discipline. Anything that you want to achieve in life will. And I will come back and we will, we'll, we might even just do it next week, circle back around to this and, and just try to help. Ultimately, I just gave you the keys to the kingdom. I just showed you how to blow up the entire nutrition industry. Weight Watchers with their convoluted system and then the you know ke- uh, ketosis and paleo and all this other stuff. Yes, certain people... Certain people's bodies will behave differently with certain foods, right? Uh, all of this, um, all of these people with these gluten allergies now. I absolutely believe that for a lot of them, right? I, I've worked in the restaurant industry for years. Not everybody, some people just didn't want to eat carbs. So they'd say they had a gluten allergy just because they didn't just want to be honest and say I didn't want to eat carbs. Just tell me, fine, I don't care. Whatever you want to eat, that's what I'll serve to you. What's important to note, though, is that wheat back in the day would grow to about five or six feet tall. It has been GMO'd. Now it grows to about two or three feet tall so they can get two different harvesting cycles in the same calendar year, in the same harvesting year. So, yes, we have messed around with wheat. We have changed its its DNA. And because we've done that, it actually has changed the way that it behaves within many humans' bodies. So, when you, so if you have a gluten intolerance, I don't think that you're lying. I don't think that you're making something up. I absolutely see how what science has done with our wheat has caused this in a lot of people. And so this is why talking about nutrition, it can get crazy in depth. And anyone who's gone out and spent all that money for a two or four year degree on nutrition, you know, they, they're going to love having debates with me because they're going to think that because they got their little fancy degree that somehow that makes the information that they put out there more valuable or even just more verifiable. I have done my 10,000 hours of research on this. I don't need a degree to know how food has been reacting within my own body. And I've seen hundreds of people utilize my system and be able to achieve the body that that they've always desired. The key, first and foremost, is that you realize that it's going to take time. 
if it's going to take time just to shift your mindset, and then that's how we're going to finish up on this. No matter what you think about your body, no matter what other people might say about your body, ultimately it's what you say about your body inside your own head that will dictate the quality of your life. Whether you're 10 pounds underweight, the perfect weight, or 20 pounds overweight, whatever it is, you're the one saying that to yourself. All the trolls and all the, and all the meanies out there in the world cannot actually do any significant harm to you just with their words or with their type. You're taking in what people are saying, and then you're seeing that in yourself. And it's probably things that you've said to yourself, and now other people are piling on, and it just becomes worse and worse and worse. I just want you to realize that no matter what anyone says, it's what you say to yourself that is the most important. We are all blessed to be on this planet. Not blessed by a religion, but just the magnificence, the 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 whole of the different things that had to come into play. I mean, hell, nothing else. Two million sperm were swimming towards that egg, and yours is the one that won. You can choose to change anytime you want. You just have to be willing to do what I talk about in my book. Develop your growth mindset. Step into courage. Be decisive that you seek a better way of seeing yourself, a better way to feel in your own skin. Take action. Be disciplined. Understand flexibility is the most important aspect of a nutrition plan. And every single day, step into the best version of yourself. It can, it's going to take time. You don't get a college degree in one year. Why on earth would you think it's going to take one year to release 100 or 150 pounds or to release 50 pounds of fat and add 20 pounds of muscle? Things take time because the longer it takes to achieve them, the more we appreciate them. And that is something powerful to remember. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. 